0: vegan cake and eat it there's a man all gone away being healthy is much more fun
1: is the 7th dimension, anyway. Please welcome Paul Francis. My I Dr. Paul Francis, please? Oh, of course, of course, yeah. Well, We'll meet him properly later on, when he will have the full formal introduction according to the Bretts. Uh, but for now, I want to start the evening off uh, with uh, a little bit of poetry. Um, Extinction Cabaret. Let's talk about that briefly. That may seem like an oxymoron to you a contradiction in terms but we live in oxymoronic times this time of cowardice and corruption and climate change denial but it's also a time of courage of creativity of people stepping up to the mark and in the absence of true leaders people are taking the initiative themselves So oxymoronic paradoxical times, but a time of opportunity as well as crisis. So that's why I chose that title. Uh, obviously it's also to show solidarity with all the fantastic work being done by Extinction Rebellion, and we'll hear a little bit about them in a minute. Um, you may have seen this advertised as being upstairs at West End, whereas John Lennon once said, life is what happens while you're busy making other plans. Uh, so here we are. Downstairs in the Western, and for me that confirms what I felt for a little while now—that we are actually living in the upside down. If you don't know, that reference is from Stranger Things. Great show, check it out. Um, basically, everything's topsy-turvy, out of whack. But this is actually a very nice space, and I'd like to thank James, landlord, and the staff here at the Western for providing this space uh, at the drop of a hat. So, thank you so much. Let's hear it for the Western staff. here. <clears throat> Thank you, West Thank you, James. Support these fabulous Bachelor visitors. They're gold dust. Once they're gone, they're gone. Um, obviously, there's lots of great stuff going on upstairs, but tonight it's down here. This is where it's happening. Okay, so we can have a, a selection from the floor. I'm the staff with a poem to get us in the mood. Um, I've written some new poems this year, which, you know, it doesn't always happen. I don't force some, but sometimes they pop out. I expect to be often on a long walk. Um, So I'll share this one with you. I will need to move over to the light. Um, And probably take you so you can see (laughs) my media night. So this is called Choices. Fill your house with plastic. And the oceans too. Fly at least one long haul flight every year, just for fun drive a dirty diesel or a four-wheel drive even though you don't live off-road. Eat meat every day and insist on out-of-season produce. The more food miles the better. Have loads of kids and encourage them to do their bit for Malthus. Vote for climate change denying oil lobby funded politicians, sit in a traffic jam twice a day alone in your big shiny box, only buy junk you know you'll need to throw away or fill your garage with, learn the art of head sand sticking, every night have one more drink and watch one more episode until we pass out. Pretend nothing is wrong and whatever you do, don't plant any trees. (laughs) Or choose to act to save the earth before it is too...
2: Choices. Um. I'm Judy, I'm from Leicester Extinction Rebellion and I've really just come here to, uh, I've brought a few leaflets and I'm here to answer any questions or tell you about what we're doing here in Leicester. I don't know how much you know about Extinction Rebellion. It's been in existence really for just about a year which is amazing when you think of what's happening in London as we speak. So Extinction Rebellion was formed in October last year as a result of the report that came out of the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change which told us that at that stage we had less than 12 years to act if we're ever going to be able to reverse or even slow down the effects of climate change. Um, What we've learned since then really is that the uh, the effects of climate change are happening much more quickly than anybody really expected or understood just a year ago and probably have got much less than 12 years to before we get to the point where we, where we are not able to do anything about it. We've got very little time <coughs> left bef- before we're committed to um, a series of feedback loops in which uh, one ecological disaster sets off another and another so things like the the melting ice caps for example causing the seas to be warmer because they're darker which causes more ice to melt and that causes the the currents in the oceans to, to work differently and therefore, the, um, the the atmosphere to change. These things just one thing sets off another in that way, and that those are the things that we have learnt recently. So that was in the last October, and some people who had been involved as climate scientists and as uh, climate activists and um, environmental activists for some time began to say, what can we do about this? Because for years they had been signing petitions and recycling their yogurt pots and um, going on marches and demonstrations to try to get governments and industries to pay attention and to do something. Um, So they decided that the only thing that was left for us was to rebel. Was to say, when governments fail to look after the best interests of their of the of the people that they govern, then they have broken the social contract really, and they can no longer expect the people to obediently (coughs) follow what they say, because voting's not going to do it, and um, action plans aren't going to do it. What we need is to force our governments to take action. What we need is a mobilisation on the same scale as we had in the Second World War, when every single thing that the government thinks about and every single thing that the world's resources are spent on is about reversing the effects of climate change. And if we did that, we could do it. And if we don't do that, we can't do it. So the symbol of Extinction Rebellion, which I've got behind me, uh, is the hourglass inside the, the the world, the planet, and that's what we that's what we represent really, the hourglass that's draining away grain of sand after grain of sand. Now the the work that Extinction Rebellion does, we don't do a lot of public education. We do run talks but the purpose of those talks really is to get people to pay attention and to act. We work with other organisations like Friends of the Earth and Greenpeace and the Green Party and that sort of thing because of course we want to work together to try to, uh, to achieve the same kinds of aims. But really we are just about encouraging people to rebel. So I'm here not really just to tell you about the looming environmental catastrophe, but to tell you, if you don't already know, there's a rebellion on in London at the moment. It's on for another week. If you've got a day when you can get down to London and go and add your body to those people, then that would be fabulous. Or if you can um, can support the, that cause on social media, then that's fabulous too. Or if you can donate financially to Extinction Rebellion. You can find them on, um, on- online because we're going to need a lot of money because we've had a lot of activists who've been arrested. You may not have heard this, but the police on, I think, the second day of the rebellion confiscated um, a lot of equipment which was there to support disabled uh, members of Extinction Rebellion, so ramps, solar chargers for their electric wheelchair chairs, accessible toilets, all confiscated by the police. And I think it was yesterday there was um, a big protest when the disabled rebels all um, were protesting outside um, the, the headquarters, demanding the return of their equipment and. Many of them were arrested. Lots of other people have been arrested too, uh, and we need to raise money to, for their legal costs and their court costs. So I was arrested last, back in April, in the April Rebellion. Um, I was, I pleaded not guil- I pleaded guilty, and um, I was able to, to get away with relatively small court costs. But people who plead not guilty, it costs them a lot of money to to have that fight. So uh, you could think about contributing financially to people's costs. And the other thing you could think about is joining us. Uh, we meet once a week. In the Leicester branch, meets in Bishop Street Church, uh, the Methodist Chapel on Bishop Street, on a first, on a Tuesday night, 6:30 to about 8:30. Uh, the details. I've got a few of these, and the details of where we meet are all on there. We also have a Facebook page that you can join, and you can hear about our actions on that. Uh, Loughborough have just got um, a group going, uh, so if you're from the Loughborough area, you can join the Loughborough exhibition But you can find all of that online if you're interested, or talk to me. And I think about, that's about all I wanted to say, really, but please do think about how you can contribute to this because if you care about the next generation, your children or your grandchildren, then there isn't going to be much of a world left for them uh, unless we reverse the very damaging effects of what's happening at the moment. Thank you very much. Thank you. This is House
0: on Fire.
3: oceans, many lands, many trees, many animals, many people, many children, a planet I love, a world I need, our planet, children not speaking, people not caring, oceans gone, lands gone, trees gone, Animals gone, people gone, children gone. A planet we don't love, a world we don't need. Our planet gone. Listen to the children. People, do what's best. Save the oceans, save the lands, save the trees. Save the animals, save the people. Save the children, the planet we love, the world we need, one planet. Thank you. Thank you. Jenny.
4: And then telepathically communicated to me. One day when I was sitting in a park under a tree, and the tree healed. So this is the song. Okay. Can you hear the guitar? Great.
0: Okay.
4: You can't hear it, bro. I stand with my roots Buried in the ground One of the few Left in the center of town Are you really so blind? Or is it that you just won't see? Don't you know you can't live Without me? My branches and leaves Reach up to the sky Catch the sun for the and cry, cry. Take our progress that we have to go <laughs> to build new roads, factories and towns, vehicles of pollution, and offices for faceless clowns. time just fighting amongst each other while the real war goes on between man and mother nature you wonder why you're all slowly gone insane Come back to the forest and learn to live again. Yes, you wonder why you're all slowly gone insane. Come back to the forest and learn to live, learn to know.
5: Three short poems about uh, various things to do with environmental disaster. The first one's called Rainbow. Rainbow, it's a sign of rain and of light, not of pots of gold or drowning in a flood, or anything else. It's rain and light and freedom. Rainbows are free, free of charge, free of constraint. No one can own the rainbow, though so they definitely would like to. Rainbows resist the covetousness of mankind, offering themselves to all, on display in the air till the end of time. Greedy people claim title to them, If only, if only they could. But the rainbow slips through their grass, as indeed it should. These two very short ones. The first one called Ritual Rain Dance is basically about climate change. It's blazing hot. I drink and drink and drink and sweat and sweat again. It's hard to sleep at night. It's become an annual ritual to welcome rain at dawn. Not not something I would, thought I would need to do, but the world is changing. And this one's called The Moon Looks Down. The moon looks down on the sea, rising up to drown the land. Does she see an overdue wave of refreshment? Washing filth from poisoned lands, or does she see disaster? As do the silly monkeys who drown their homes. <laughs>
0: Your faith in life, keep trusting the process. It's all unfolding just as it should now. It's so good. Gotta keep your faith in life, rising above it. Just gotta love it. Count every blessing if you feel like was That's for the grace that i So I.
6: light beyond the sun. Outshone by none, that word was one. Then along came right and wrong. old and new. Truth was misconstrued through a dark blue overview, the number two. And so the need for one again andstruwed. We could hear, we could speak and see a return to Eden, Adam and Eve, in a world where the opposites meet, like Tarzan and Jane in the trees, an end to duality, over land, air and sea, a free magic number, three. What we didn't foresee was the uproar of number four, whose development could not be ignored. The age of the carnivore, as warlords and kings over rich and poor, who fought the laws that opposed the wars, where meat and territory kept the scores. The Garden of Eden was no more. So we need another number. forced to strive to stay alive the odds needed to be revived and so came the discovery of number five like a message of Christ without compromise the spirit of Eden had arrived to to be survived by the wise now the odds were even in the spirit of Eden then, as logic predicts in false manuscripts, three plus three intermix like a total lunar eclipse. Lunatics, critics and cynics contradict. Pathetic, dogmatic, sarcastic, septic and sick enter the world of politics. The age of tricks. The poor conflict with the rich, bombastic industrialists. Build ships and cities and bricks. Battle with stones and sticks. Born to a world that's rigged. Destroys the hope of bliss. A constant taking of the piss. The wretched number six. Six, six. Wow, six was a bad time, wasn't it? Now, God's number... The future was under question. The number seven was to beckon. The end of Armageddon, depression and aggression. We returned to a heavenly impression. The garden of Eden lesson. The number seven was a blessing. Fate closed Eden's gates, but the discovery of eight and nine was due to seven space and time. To investigate concentrate and communicate with our inner meditative state the wisdom to tolerate over dictate love and grace returned even's place the venerated and great number eight with the fine tuning of time came the sublime star sign A new lifeline matured on the grapevine. The future of the spirit entwined in the enlightened mind enshrined. A triple three combines a rhythm that rhymes with rhyme. The divine number nine. Then back to the beginning again as we wait for a new number between nine and ten. Or does one plus nothing spell the end? Amen. <laughs> to wash the
4: sea. A few seagulls are my only company. Sadly it is to no avail Remarked a dolphin to a Every day I go down to the water's edge To wash the sea, it is my pledge what the human waste will realize To destroy the sea will lead to their own demise Every day I go down to wash the water Till they listen to help me, a mermaid's daughter We can do it together Through all kinds of So we washed the sea for a thousand years or more Every day we washed it till the sea was pure once more One day the human race will realize To destroy the sea will lead to their own demise One day the human race will realize destroy the sea will lead to their own demise.
1: Honour her on your day of birth, sacred is the mother whose body is this precious earth. Find her in the bend of a brook, in a song of a secret spring. Feel her in a verdant veil, in the joy of nature's flowering. Follow her contours in the curved breast of a mound, in the swollen belly of a hill. Face her in the fertile tomb of Barrow womb, in the dark and silence and still. Mater terra, Prima Materia, Mater terra, Prima Materia. Earth warriors rise up defend your motherland the dogs of babylon bite her fair hand mothers of the future may your hearts be true tomorrow's generation all depends on you blessed is the mother of all creation great and small planet animal man and god the mother universal terra, prima materia terra, prima materia Crossing lines, wine in wind's teeth. Wigging, taut as harp strings, divides the endless sky. Boom, as tumble home hull, breasts of the wave. Smack and sizzle of icy spray. Brine on sun-cracked lips, legs forgetting what dry land feels like. 60 foot of fibreglass between you and the 27,000 feet to the ocean's bottom where tectonic plates perform the long, painful process of separation. Aboard, a schoolgirl crosses this gulf to convince the captains of nations to take a diametric track, a deadly home gang with the highest of stakes because almost everything is black and white. Black as the mainsail, white with its legend, unite behind the science. Powered by eight-minute-old photons, by subaqueous turbines, this zero-carbon craft carries her, the wily one. Over 3,000 miles and 15 days, peeing in a bucket and eating boiling the bad meals, privacy a luxury for this girl who had no friends and doesn't like crowds. Braving a callous ocean named after the god who once held up the world. But the time for bedtime stories is over. For Babasu and Maru Maru explode with superheated sap. The Riberinos weep as tribal lands succumb to Bolsonaro's scorched earth policy. Rubber trees, cacao, Brazil nut groves, nurtured for generations by neoliberalism's fire sale, erased. And the noble Columbus, descendants of rebel slaves, wear masks of solastalgia as their universe is torched to grow soybeans, mine ore, raise cattle, carbon, methane, cancer. A lung of rainforest the size of Manhattan, lost every day. A Noah's Ark of unknown species, life-saving poultices, And the Arctic Circle is necklaced with wildfires. And the Greenland ice sheet debouches 11 billion tons in a single day. And still there are those who ignore her when she says, our house is on fire. The Calvary congregation pray at Jacksonville Beach Pier to Hurricane Dorian telling it to calm down, but the climate is the corrupted portraits of our unsalubrious lifestyles. And the bellwether who heralds the bad news is made a scapegoat by the hate merchants. But despite the gyres of oil-lobby media, the toxic backwash of anti-experts, the side winds of the climate deniers still she makes landfall carrying the virus of hope tabla rasa of the ice shelf. Black lightning of this gutter dameron for emperor penguins, base camps and coastal towns. At the searcher zones, the cracks queue up. They call this a perfectly natural process. Human impact, the mainstream media feigns impartiality with its lukewarm caveat probably. The Harris species scrutinise the markings utter tea time friendly sound bites yes the Anthropocene awaits no starting gun. The tipping point passes buried beneath an avalanche of white noise. The muzak of the mall Lulling us into impulse purchases, the streaming trivia distracting us, reassuring us that it's business as usual. So buy, buy, and succumb to Coriolis, baby, as a bird the size of Belgium drifts our way. (laughs) The (laughs) carving of a bird.
0: Uh, I mean, I I brought that song in because I just think that healing the planet is so much about healing our own stuff. And, you know, getting back to nature is massively connected to getting back to our soul, isn't it? Um, It's all about getting back to our soul and getting back to nature. And, um, you know, rather than getting overwhelmed with everything, if we can, you know, find that connection.
5: This one's called Silent Watcher.
0: Chimpanzee
5: watches as the trees fall. One by one they crash to the ground. He is filled with sadness and repulsion. Horrid creatures are destroying the trees using strange noisy devices. Creatures not so different from himself, but with flat ugly faces and squarish heads. He would kill them, but he fears their devices. He is filled with sadness. Yeah. Chimps are stronger than we are, by the way. Without the devices, they would beat the shit out of us, <laughs> cutting down their trees. But we have devices they have not. We have the Maxim gun, and they have not. So. They can't do anything about its cutting down their own. Mm.
0: Now
5: this mm. one's called sinister omens. Mm. It blows cold and then turns hot. Predictable, if not. Too wet and then too dry. We squint at the muddy sky. We've lost trust in our troubled world. Every little change is glared at suspicion, for fear of global warming. Climate changes, weather changes, weather changes everywhere. It hasn't always been. Yet now it wears a sinister mask. Every little fluctuation is seen as forcing us to ask, is this the beginning of the end? What does long-suffering nature intend? Thank you, Steve.
4: the summer heat of joyful days that fled from fear and